The Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast is presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. The underdog is howling. This is Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Coming up today, we got a steamer and a couple others from the steamer man himself. Uh, we got Pac-12 previews. We got a, a student that covers each Pac-12 team uh, checking in with a preview and a reason why their team can win the Pac-12. Those were fun to hear from those people and, and, and take a listen to those. We got lines that smell like a stinky cheese that Bear explained that is just gross. But yeah, you want to hear those. But first... You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Also, a reminder, check out the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. They got all the info needed to set your lineup each week. Download and subscribe to Fantasy Focus Football and us, Stafford Steve and the Bear Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, there it is. Bear, do you hear that? It's ready. It's here. It's here. Are you ready? Are you ready? I, I am ready. I'll, I'll be. I'll be there. I'll be in South Bend on on uh, on Thursday evening, all day Friday to do the show, and then getting on a, a, a getting on a, a plane to, to go check out your boys out out, mm. out, at, out at Empty Autzen. That's going to be weird. That's going to be weird. Be very weird. Uh it is. It's the first stadium I thought of when when we said no fans. Uh, is is those people at Autzen knowing? How passionate they are for their ducks, so uh, it'll be I, I, a little bit nicer to not it's have funny, to hear it's those funny people. You say that because uh, Chris Fowler and I were talking about that uh, last week on the way home. How two weeks in a row we get arguably like two of the most mm. raucous atmospheres with with the whiteout and, and Penn State and Beaver Stadium. We just seeing that place empty last week was weird, and now we get uh, Austin Stadium, which will be yeah. empty, and it usually it's a loud, raucous atmosphere as well. So. Uh, Glad, glad, glad that we have some games, but but again, it, it's just it's just surreal to to see these stadiums uh, empty uh, during a big game. Yeah, and Notre Dame has had fans all along. Obviously, the percentages are are not what they would like uh, as they come in. But I did see Trevor Lawrence is gonna is gonna travel with the team. Mm-hmm. Dabo said he is Coach Lawrence uh, this week, and I mean. People are going to say what they want. I, I thought Elliot last week, uh, the offense coordinator for Clemson, did a great job with Uyunglele. Um, Just, I saw the fourth down keep all coming. All I was actually watching the game uh, with with Van Pelt, and I said they have to keep this one of these times. And I think it was on first down. He he read the read and and, and gave it to Etn, and I said that if he keeps it, it's gone. And sure enough, that's the touchdown. That did that take? No, that just got him. Did that cut it to one possession? Yeah, I'm yeah, I sure think so. But that um, that was—I'll tell you what, 
the the optics of that looked like there was 55,000 people at that Clemson thing. Mm-hmm. That looked nuts. And then I actually texted McElroy during the game. I'm like, how many people are at this game? It looks – because when they pan the camera from the field and they do like that diagonal shot, it does look like everybody's on top of each other. But then when you do – you know, they do the overhead, you could see the spacing of people. So yeah. it, just, it just messed with me. And then, I mean, the momentum and everything, I just – Clemson defensively is the question for me. Um, the injuries, your thoughts there? No, that, that's the thing. It's not – Clemson's issue last week wasn't offensively. Like, I, I don't want to say, like, they don't need Trevor Lawrence because that's not true. Yeah. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is a, is, is, is a great player. But offensively, with what they, what they do and getting ETN more involved as a receiver, like, like offensively, they're fine. It's – James Skalski, it's Tyler Davis. I mean, I mean, you, you tell me if those guys are going to play. I, I don't think they are. I, I think these are multiple week type injuries. So I'd be surprised if they played. Maybe they'll through the the, the, the magic of uh, modern medicine. They'll they'll mm. they'll do their best to get them ready to play, uh, and maybe they'll give it a go. But uh, their their problem last week was their defense in their first half, giving up nearly what eight yards of play, and in the second half they got going. I don't know. Do you think Notre Dame's offense can consistently win the line? I mean, the offensive line is good and the back is really good, but I don't think Clemson really feels threatened by their deep passing game. I mean, I, I think they probably feel good about their ability to, to cover those guys one-on-one. And, that, and I think that can really help uh, Clemson win that battle up front. So if, if I'm, if I'm Notre Dame, I, I think you really need to try and, throw throw on first down loosen them up try and stretch the field even though that's the weakest part of your offense because I just don't think that they can dominate the Clemson defensive front seven like they have a majority of the teams they have played so far all right here's a couple things the Clemson defense first off uh Brissy, the kid the local kid here in Maryland uh Damascus kid uh 11 is an absolute dominator i cannot believe the thought of that kid playing against high school kids last year (laughs) and then and then after that game i'm watching uh eric gilbert uh the the tight end for lsu uh and i can't believe he was playing against high school kids last year like it those two guys stick out to me when i watch them on saturday but percy has been incredible like him coming around i retweeted the video clemson sent out him coming around on that stump for the safety on jerkovic and the running back has no idea. It's a great call by Venables. They get movement and you know up front, and then the running back steps up for pass pro, and he sees eleven coming, and eleven tosses him like a rag doll. It's it, it's just an incredible play by him. He's so good. So to get back to you, here's the deal: Notre Dame's offense. They're not the best offensive line in the country, first of all. Alabama is, okay? Yes. So if you hear anybody say Notre Dame has the best offensive line, they're gonna everyone's gonna say it this week. It's a lie. Okay, it's not true. Now, if they win this game, I will give them that title. All right. Do you, do you, do you, do there's our deal. Interrupt, interrupt. Do you think um, Brian Kelly called Dracovich this week to get a little scouting report on the, <laughs> the Clemson defense? I don't know how the relations <laughs> were when he left. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, here's my, the my, my guess is there probably was not a phone call made, but that's that's just a hunch. Yep. I don't know anything. And, and here's the deal. When Clemson played them in the Cotton Bowl in the playoff. We knew they 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 were they were superior talent wise, and Clemson abused the deep throw in that game. Yes, they did. 
They and 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 there were a couple great catches on I want to say a couple third downs. Uh, that really made yeah, that. Well, a Ross, Ross had an unbelievable game. Unreal. And I think Higgins had one too. But that that made that game um, unwatchable for the second half. Everything happened right before the half, and, and that was it. You are right. They're, Notre Dame receivers cannot separate at all. They can't do it. But if you go back and look at what did BC do after they get the Tessitore um, conversion on fourth down with the fake field goal, they go up top. They throw a fade stop in yep. the end zone. Notre Dame could do those kind of things mm-hmm. against Clemson. They're going to have a height advantage. Uh, Skoranek, the uh, I think that's the Northwestern, Northwestern transfer. transfer. Um, I love Tommy, my man Tremble, the tight end is my favorite player in the country. He's a matchup where he could he pulls. He'll line up as the right tight end and he'll pull on the snap and go. You know they'll run counter left with him. He does everything. He could be a weapon. You know in the short passing game. The key is. Notre Dame has to be able to, 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 to keep play action as a factor. And we know how good the run game is. So what does that mean? That means they got to keep it within distance on the third down so they could still use play. They can't get in third and nines and third and tens, and then Venables could just have those guys pin their ears back. Notre Dame has to be very sound offensively. We know Clemson's the more talented team. Therefore, I think Ian Book on this stage, we've seen him a couple other times, um, We've seen this matchup a couple times. I, I, I was going back in, in my my agony of my Irish bear of, of my picks that I had. I mean, way back, I think that was Chad when we were still doing with Chad. Remember the Florida State game? I had Notre Dame money line. They yep. lose that game, well, you know, yep. on the goal line fade stop. Line. Yep. Um, the bring your own guts game. That was the rain, yep. right? At Clemson. Yep. Had him in mm-hmm. that one. Yep. Uh, what was that linebacker's name? Rocky? No. Bullware? Right? Clemson oh, ben linebacker? Ben, 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 ben Bowler. Travis, sounds like you're a big fan of his. You love him? No, I no, he's not on my favorite list. <laughs> I, <hate him. laughs> I, I believe he was a part of that team that shut Ohio State out. In the, well, it's in the it's not the shutout. It was the little antics that they were doing after the plays were over. Oh. oh. St- sticking fingers and things in places that don't belong. Oh. oh. Okay. Oh. Clemson, high up on the Ohio State hate list. God, that would be a list, huh, Bear? That's number two. All right. Um, so <laughs> going back to this, uh, a big stage for Book. I I think if there's a time now, – now we talk big picture around this game, Bear, right? Mm-hmm. It really doesn't mean much for Clemson. Well, well, see, yes, but no. I, okay. I think that that's like – I think the initial thought is, oh, they lose. Even if they lose without Trevor Lawrence, they'll win out. They'll get to the ACC championship just, game. They win. Say, that, that's what I was going to say. It doesn't mean they, – there's still a path in the ACC. Right. But, that's yeah, what but, I wanted to say. But I think it does matter, and we've talked about this. I don't know if it's been on the pot or just in uh, amongst it going back and forth. I think it does matter because you want to be number one. You do not want to have to play Alabama or Ohio State in that 2-3 semifinal game. And I think after falling from number one last year – having to play Ohio State in that war of the semifinal. Like, you don't want to have to play Alabama or Ohio State in the semi mm-hmm. and, then potentially pl- and then potentially play the other one in the national championship game. You want to be number one and play number four, who is likely going to be a significant drop-off from, from two and three. So, like, I think it does matter to Clemson, and I, I think they really do need to win this game. Okay. Um, 
I love what Dabo did coming out right after the game and saying Trevor's not playing that yeah, next week. Elim- elim- eliminate, eliminate all question, talk, chatter of it. Oh, you don't need it hanging over your head all week. Totally. But agree. also, think about the the the, the mindset of Uyunglele. Yep. He just you know gets this starter. week. I am. I'm the man. Yep. There is no doubt that I'm going to be this guy on this stage. And man, I, I'll tell you what. It, it's we t- we see it a lot with. Uh, with with the freshman you know stud basketball players that that start playing at such a high level early on and you know they're doing the team usa stuff and um these guys coming in now I, i'll tell you uh i had um one of my uh my quarterback in, high, in in college todd husak he went to bosco the same high school as is oh, yeah. and the guys that they churn out it is like when i was in college it was always long beach poly Long Beach Poly had every guy, USC, yep. UCLA, every, uh, they were all over the country. And now it's, it's, it's switched to Bosco and they've just turned, I mean, Josh Rosen went there um, just to, I mean, there's, there's guys every year. Um, so he's, he's, these guys aren't your old true freshman quarterbacks. They've seen a lot more, you know, and I know the seven on seven thing that Trent does and all that stuff is not game stuff, but as far as a mindset and a, and an ability to process information and throws these guys are at another level than guys were in the past so i'm really excited to to see you in this um in this matchup um i think elliot will put more on his plate throwing wise i think the middle of the field is something that clemson doesn't ever uh use and i think they did started doing it last well, week that, that's exactly right like that's the one that's the one thing I've had concern about the last couple of years with Clemson's offense is they don't have that Renfro type no. slot receiver over mm-hmm. the middle. Now they got freaks on the outside, but but that it just goes show, just goes to show the value uh, of of a guy like that. Well, I, I know NFL people like that's what they want to see from Lawrence. They don't see any throws, you know, over the middle. Uh, everything is out on the out on the on the outside. Um, so. That's a that's a thing. Like if Clemson has it, like they could just put that in because uh, Uyunglele is is ready for it, and you know he he mm-hmm. he could do it. It's first day stuff. He had a, a couple dig throws that were really impressive uh, last week. With that in the past of what I've done here, and not pick Notre Dame to win the game. So I go Notre Dame. The offensive line. I predict I will have to call them the best in the country next week because they are going to win this game. That's my thought there. Your thoughts. So I don't want it to be the ultimate determining factor in who you choose, but are you a little concerned about the schedule and the fact that the teams that Notre Dame has played are nine and 22 against FBS opponents, uh, excluding the game against Notre Dame? Like it's not exactly a, a, a murderer's row of, of strong competition. I, I don't know. I, I think I, I think it's an opportunity to get Clemson at a at a discounted price under uh, where it is right now. When like no man's land at five five and a half. I like I like laying that number with Clemson. Uh, I, I think they're I think they're just better. Uh, I, I think the psychology of the game. You know how well Dabo does motivating his mm-hmm. team, pushing his team's button buttons uh, when there's doubt creeping in. They play great. Uh, I I I respectively respectfully disagree with you this week and i will i will lay the the five five and a half with uh with the tigers it is amazing to me it hasn't budged like circa came out with five and a half sunday and that thing i mean here we are wednesday afternoon 
and it's not moved. I can't believe that. That I guess that's all the Clemson people waiting, waiting to bet it, right? It's a dream. That's it, it, a bookmaker's dream, right there. It means you're getting you're getting good money both ways, and they, they, they mm. feel no need to no need to move. But uh, yeah, I I think did what was it? Did it jump to to six or six and a half initially, and then there was a uh, a buyback on Notre Dame. I I thought I heard. Oh when really? We doing daily, when we were doing daily wager the other day, I thought I heard uh, Preston mentioned something. Uh, oh okay. I mean, I missed yeah. that. I just yeah, I, I I didn't see it either. But but uh, but he I think he said it, it did. He was expecting a different number, and it actually got higher than than what he had thought. So um, yeah, I I just Notre Dame with the opportunities they've had in the past. Yes, to answer your question the ability to do whatever they wanted against the likes of Duke and Georgia tech. Uh, yeah, it does. It does. But I do think they have it in them. I, I expect Kelly to have, you know, a couple wrinkles that will have to keep Clemson off balance early on where, where Venables just can't get those guys to pin their ears back and come after book. And I, I've been a book guy for a while. I, I just like what he's about and I'm, rooting for him to play well okay. on this stage, man. Like there's nothing worse to me in sports than when you get the opportunity of a lifetime and you don't play well, that, that drives me crazy yep. and I can't stand seeing that. So I'm really rooting for Ian, uh, rooting for Ian book here to play well on this stage. You don't get this opportunity. It's probably his last, um, you know, you got to treat it as your last, obviously, cause you don't know what's going to happen, you know, down the road. So, um, I'm expecting him to play well. I think Notre Dame does have enough on offense to keep Clemson at bay. You taught, you said consistently. I think it's consistently enough. Um, the interesting thing to me is how many points – does somebody score 31 points in this game? Uh, yeah, I can, I can see like a – 30 wins, you think? I, I think I, – I can see like a 34, 31-17 type game, something like that. I, I, think, I think under might be – worth a play because I don't know how many points Notre Dame scores. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe, they'll hit, maybe they'll hit a couple of big plays. I, I They're going to have to. If they're going to win and be in this game, they have to. So how they do it, I don't know. But uh, the number is 52 right now, which is uh, – That's low. That's, is, that's, that's low. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple low numbers um, that I want to get to on this pod. Um, another low, anything else before we move on, on, on this game? No. Yeah. No. All right. We disagree. We do disagree. You are the king of when we disagree. So nah, I don't know nah, if that you're far. with me and when you're on, you're on, they're on the home dog. What, what, what's better than that? <laughs> Live home dog, live home dog. Uh, another number, right, which is, laddie. it's a, is a half point half point higher than that 52 52 and a half in jackson or wait no where is this game jacksonville it is in jacksonville okay florida georgia i mentioned last week i have georgia fatigue i know you do I have it even more so after i gave them out and they don't cover <laughs> after having ample opportunities um what did they throw the ball 15 times last week uh with no mickens think that's what i saw yeah. uh well, not pretty times, i think not pretty but um you know george's kirby's been awesome against florida not sure uh the mindset of florida coming in here bear after their antics at halftime going to the half at the swamp against missouri but 
the defense was better. I know it's Missouri. Missouri has has scored some points, you know, early this season. What do you what do you think of this matchup? You know, we're looking at it from our first time talking together. Here, here's the thing. We we've heard this the last couple of years. Like, oh, this is Florida's Florida's year. Florida's turn to to beat Georgia. Their secondary isn't very good, mm-hmm. and I think if Pickens does come back, and I would expect that he will, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think you are going to see a, a situation where Kirby does throw the ball more. But I think I think there is a little bit of concern. Obviously, Bennett's thrown five picks against Alabama and Kentucky, so that's got to be a problem. But the defense is so good, even without LeCount and even without um, – they got someone else injured on the defensive line, and I'm forgetting who it is right now. They're going to be down a couple of guys. But just still, last three years, Florida, Georgia, Florida's averaged 13.7 points per game, mm. been outgained by 140 yards. Been outscored by over 20 points a game. Florida quarterbacks have a QBR of 28. They've had 31 drives. Four have reached the red zone. They got to be a lot better on offense. I mean, they had they had they had Pitts and Frank and and, and Trask last year. And, yeah. And, and they couldn't get much going. They had some chances, but I don't know. I'm I I am on, I am on Georgia here laying laying the three and a half. I just think Georgia is better. Uh, I think they're going to be able to hit enough. I think they will be able to manufacture enough big plays, uh, whether it's a, the defense coming up with a big play or maybe Pickens creating a big play against a mismatch in the secondary mm-hmm. or the Georgia running game creating a big play. I, I, don't, I don't think Florida is – Florida, I don't think, is going to be able to, to, to really put up a, a big number in this game uh, enough to, to, to win the game. So I am uh, – I am on, I am on Georgia again in, in, until in, in this series until until proven wrong, and that's that that's what gets me is you said it I in this matchup until I'm proven wrong I'll be on Georgia in this game it's just the idea of Georgia as a whole I mean we touched on it last week it, they just oh but they're the best team you know uh, they have the loss but you know they're going to get the benefit of the doubt like if 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 Notre Dame loses a two touchdown game to Clemson, they're going to be way behind Georgia in the rankings, right? Yes. Yeah. And they um, probably should be. Because they don't play anybody because the conference stinks. Because Georgia's got a better win than, than anything Notre Dame has. Okay. And, and people still need to remember, like they led Alabama in the second half. Like, and then, like, they, they, got they, you, then they got shut out. Then they got shut out. You know, I was going to say, you don't get – uh, uh, you don't get uh, participation trophies and and halftime national championships and but but I I think yes I, the answer is both like, yes there I think there is a bit of Georgia fatigue and and yes I think it is some of it is justified but at the same time it's because they're good and I think people expect more from them and and I think that's all that's all part of it. Okay, I just it's I mean. I, at what point can we say A&M's better than Georgia? Never? Not never. Okay. Not never. Last time they played, Georgia won the game. I know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just – because that, that, that's George, the kicker George, there. George, George, Georgia played Alabama a heck of a lot tougher. Brian Denny and 
right. And then A&M played Alabama. Okay. I don't know. I, I hate, I, I hate doing that. I hate doing the comparative scores. Thing, I hear right? you. I hear you. Um, the it's just, it is Georgia fatigue and I do expect them to win and cover this week in that game. All right. That's on Georgia, Florida. Last week, we mentioned how we wanted to get, do a PAC 12 preview, open up the opportunity to students at PAC 12 schools that cover the football team. And they're going to give us previews of their team and maybe a reason why their team can win the PAC 12. So right now let's uh, get to one of those with a preview from Eugene. Oregon Ducks. My name is Shane Hoffman, and I'm the head sports editor here at the Daily Emerald covering the Ducks. Combine Oregon's four opt-outs with the graduating senior class and the 10 Ducks who entered the 2020 NFL Draft, and Oregon's lost 20 players who in total accounted for 495 career starts. Now, head coach Mario Cristobal leads one of the nation's youngest teams. Sophomore edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau looks like a potential Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year candidate after tallying nine sacks in just five starts as a freshman. Offensively, newly hired coordinator Joe Moorhead commands a unit with not only a new face at quarterback in the presumptive starter Tyler Shaw, but an offensive line with five new starters. If the Ducks can revamp in the trenches and provide room for the Pac-12's leading returning rusher in C.J. Verdell, the path is there for the Ducks to repeat as conference champs. All right, there was that, and we will get some more coming in. And again, the two teams that play in the Pac-12 title game, we will have those two writers on the week before the Pac-12 game that so Bear can just grill them with questions. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to headed out to you, Jeff. I, I hear... I hear some very, very positive, uh, private, confident, positive uh, thoughts about Tyler Shuck. Oh, yeah, I, I think I, Oregon feel. I think Oregon feels pretty good about their quarterback position. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see Saturday night. I. Uh, that's another number we mentioned. Two low numbers. If if anything, if Stanford's going to win this game, they're going to rely on these this receiving core they got. Uh, I mm-hmm. love Davis Mills. So that number could be a little lower than it should be because Stanford's defense is not what people have come to know what Stanford has been in this David Shaw era. I know they were four and eight last year um, and a very subpar year for them, but they're not um, uh, what they have been on the defensive side and no. they need, they especially can, can, in a secondary. Can, can I ask you a question about, about Stanford? Absolutely. I'm, what, has gone wrong or what has i don't shouldn't say wrong that's maybe not the right word have they changed anything what what are they doing like where where's trent murphy where's shane scove where's chase thomas where's solomon where what what happened to like that defense the intellectual brutality like yeah like where has that gone because that defense has stunk the last yep. couple of years yep Players, they don't, they don't, that the players just aren't there. I mean, they have, here's, here's one thing I will say, and I'm tired of hearing everybody talk about, especially after Penn State was in the limelight in primetime last week. No team in America is hurt more than the, with the opt outs than Stanford. They lost the first round DB in, in a Debo, he's out, mm-hmm. and the first round tackle in, in Little. So, mm-hmm. I, the, and, and, the, and you know what Stanford has recruiting wise and how tight tight it is and you know with with the admissions and stuff like that i don't want to bore people with all that but i'm tired of hearing people all oh, this team was so impacted by the opt-outs like those are two first rounders on a team that's not that's gonna battle for a 500 season this year so i don't want to hear about anybody being effective uh but to get back to your thing it's, it's the players uh between not getting the, the the high level recruits in and 
the lack of, uh, I mean, I, I guess you would say player development. Like it's just, I mean, guys have, have, have come in and, and been program guys and, and now you, you see it, um, go the other way where, you know, you thought guys, and I, I talked about this all the time. Like when, when were the young guys not going to be able to ride the coattails of the older guys that were getting the things done. And it just feels like it, it's caught up injuries. They were just destroyed by injuries, uh, last year, uh, especially on that side of the ball. But I mean, injuries are part of the game. I, I hate making excuses for injuries. It's a, it's mm -hmm. a next man up mentality in this sport. Like I said, with, with all that's going on and what people are, are going through, um, there, there's no time for, you know, making excuses about injuries up there, but to get back to it, it it's, it's the lack of playmakers, uh, to me, because the, the coaches are the same. I think they lost one coach. Uh, Bloomy is the only guy I lost, right? Yeah. I mean, even from last year, I mean, the, the, the thing, the thing is, uh, Bloom nice win at rice last week. Thank you. I love doubling up on the rice. Um, so I guess I did not answer your question good enough, but. We might have someone else to help answer that question for me. All right, yeah. Let, let's get a preview from Palo Alto. Stanford Cardinal. This is Daniel Martinez-Crams, covering football for the Stanford Daily. If this was a typical season, Stanford's hope for a successful bounce back would be a talented group of receivers and the arm of Davis Mills. But the on-again, off-again schedule that has Stanford undefeated in November is anything but typical. That is why Stanford will rely on Mills' calm demeanor more than his arm, and why the team's biggest strength will be its ability to navigate the pandemic. Stanford has continuity in its coaching staff, took advantage of every off-season Zoom session, and yes, is accustomed to quieter stadiums. If Stanford succeeds in 2020, and I think they have a chance, the team's unflinching nature in the face of a disastrous season last year and a pandemic this year will be more important than any on-field improvement. Bear, I did have a quote. A, a I mean, somebody was really, really uh, on the shot to clears last week. Our producer, Travis, I think within mm -hmm. seconds of seeing a video, really, awesome. really thought highly of them calling the bear out. Is that? I love it. You did get called out? You're damn right I did, and I should get called out. Mr. Bear, you know, you would have thought that after Sir McAfee, the gentleman that he is, laid the hammer down on the wrong squad early in the season, that you would have been smarter than to pick a squad that's going against the Shots. And listen, man, I don't even know who you are. They just told us to make a video about you, and honestly, I don't care to learn who you are. Because any guy that still picks against the Shots just isn't right in the head. I and mean, it's downright foolish at this point. <laughs> shots up! That's how it's produced. I love it. Shots up! I love it! And I felt a little dirty making that pick because they, they, it, we've been on them for a couple of years, and mm -hmm. they, they, they said they sent me a really sweet hat and, and, and shirt this week too. It More was, than I got. Yeah, you got to you got to follow them on Twitter. That's that's what I learned. You got to follow them and then pick against them to get a shirt. That's how it works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But hey, any any time you pick someone that loses fifty one to nothing, you expect. Mm -hmm. He called that. But by the way, I mean, I mean, kidding aside, like that was a hell of an effort by them last year. Absolutely. And like, here's like, like Georgia State had not been held under 30 points all, all year. They very easily could have been undefeated. And they just went out and kicked their ass. Yeah. They, uh, here's the thing with the idea of that game with, with Georgia State last week, I was going into that game thinking McCall was out. 
That's why that's a that's a reason why I thought um, mm-hmm. I thought Coastal w- would have would have struggled because I, I I thought he he means that much. Obviously, I was wrong. And what happens when you you know give thoughts and you're totally wrong, and you give out thoughts and you're right about other things? Everybody just jackhammers you, focus, you with the wrong. You focus, thoughts. you focus on the one that's wrong. Yeah. So you know yeah, that's that's the way we do it. Um, so it uh it is pretty impressive. I I, I will say I. I, I listen, I'm, we've been calling for them to be ranked before anybody said anything. So everybody down there in Myrtle beach, calm down, um, went out and you'll have your day. I mean, shoot, uh, we picked them to be Kansas last year. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We, 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 we were, we were a year ahead of all this Sean sub stuff. Yep. And you uh, know, by the, by, by the way, I don't want to, I don't want to like throw any like ridiculous ideas out there or anything I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I'm just i'm just saying just saying maybe peruse the schedule saturday november 21st appalachian state at coastal carolina i'm, I'm just 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 saying just saying just 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 saying just saying. Run, run 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 down the schedule that day and, and take a look and we'll see what happens all right. We will see what happens. Is that be the Saturday before Thanksgiving? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. What sticks out? What, what are you looking for in the Pac-12 this week? What, what do you want to see? I know you're going to be in Eugene for that game, but like we've touched on that game. What's What pops out to you? I think the Arizona State-USC game is the, mm-hmm. is the game that I am most interested in because I think there is uh, – uh, it's worth playing USC, I think, to win the Pac-12. Okay. Um, I, I think obviously this game is going to go will determine the Pac-12 South winner, and, and I, I, like I'm not, and, and you know, it, it, Travis, I'm not one of these guys who like is rah rah USC every year, best team. I get, I, I don't know, I, I've been against them mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a lot as well, but like I, I think if you and people have their opinions of Clay Helton, but the reason SC has struggled a lot in recent years is just because. They've lost either that crossover game with the North early on in, in, in the slate, whether it's been to Stanford or whomever. They've lost a non-conference game, whether yep. it's been to Texas or BYU uh, or, or whomever. The last five years are 21-4 and four against the South. Like, that's who they're going to be playing this year, <laughs> the South, and then they get Wazoo in a coaching change year. So, like, there's a really good chance they're going to go 6-0. and oh. Like, you got Colorado with the coaching change. Utah has massive roster turnover. UCLA, who knows what's going to happen in year three under chip. Like, it's in Arizona's a mess. Uh, like, if they win this week, I mean, they're, they're going to be sick, and they'll probably wind up playing uh, Oregon in the uh, in the Pac-12 championship yeah. game in, 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 in a toss-up type game. So I, I think if you can get the, the plus 225 or two, whatever it is, 250 on, on SC to win the Pac-12, I think that's – I think that's worth playing. They, they they were really helped by the return of uh, uh, some, some players who had opted out, decided to come back. Um, I don't I don't know with, with Slovis and those receivers. I, I think they're good, and that is that's kind of a that's kind of a, a, a stinky line this week. I, I don't know if it's like total like category one lines that stink, but this has a, a, the smell of like a like like a blue cheese that might have been left out, like a like maybe a day too late. Everyone's so high on Arizona State. 
Now you're a 10 and a half point underdog at SC and people hate Clay Helton. And I don't know. It, it, it seems like it's a little higher than I think a lot of people might have thought. 10 and a half to, to suck you in on taking that dog, you know, where if they lose by 10, you, you win. I don't, I don't know. I, I think SC is kind of the right side here. All right. Um, a couple things. I love the hire of Todd Orlando by, by Helton to call mm-hmm. the defense in, in LA. I think that's a huge huge step uh for to get some stability and you're right the south is the south it you know and it feels like we say a lot of things you know coming into this you know it's it's, it's utah you know it has been utah i should say uh, that i feel has been better than sc uh sc gets them last year utah fights all the way back and then they play their worst game of the season on the biggest stage in the pac-12 title game that's the pac-12 in a nutshell right there that's 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 what it is um but you're right. I mean, that they're they're playing the South. Uh, I think everybody wants to see SC and Oregon in that title game. I mean, those are the name brand. You know w- w- what you have there. Um, so it 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 does feel that. One thing I will say is Arizona State. I mean, Herm's been doing a great job recruiting. I could see Arizona State losing this game, just like you talked about the weakness of the South. I could see them losing this game and winning out. I agree. really totally could. Agree. Totally I, agree. I, I I really could. Um, and they're who's their crush? They, oh, they get Cal next week. That I mean, we'll that, get that, to. That's a tough, we'll that's get a tough, to Cal. Um, that, that's a tough crossover game. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the one you don't want. Um, but I mean, they got them. Uh, and 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 they'll deal with them. But that 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 that, that I mean, they may maybe they use, lose their first two and they went out because here's the deal. I could see Herm. With, with what happens here at stake and knowing the youth that he has is almost using this whole season as a redshirt season. And let's come back in 21 and really get after it with a year, uh, you know, a year of maturity because that roster is super young. I know what Jaden did as a quarterback last year. My question with him is what is his ceiling? Because now he doesn't have Benjamin at running back. We saw what those two uh, NFL receivers are yep. with Ayuk's doing it, and, you know, for the Niners. And Harry's, you know, when he's played for the Patriots, he's been good. But those guys are stud receivers. And I know uh, Jaden came after um, uh, Harry. But last year, Ayuk was his guy. And you see what he's doing at the pro level. So, to me, is how what is his ceiling this year with no experience at the running back or receiver position, which is what a young quarterback needs. Uh, to succeed, especially in this conference. Well, let's have Arizona State uh, boots on the ground. Give us a little preview of the Sun Devils. Arizona State Sun Devils. Hi, everyone. My name is Mike McQuaid, executive producer and football reporter for Walter Cronkite Sports Network. This week, head coach Herm Edwards and the Sun Devils look to build off their eight-win campaign. Starting quarterback Jane Daniels last year started as a true freshman and put up big-time numbers, throwing for almost 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Senior wide receiver Frank Darby has a chance to follow former Sun Devils to a first-round NFL draft pick. In 2019, Brandon Ayuk was drafted by the 49ers. In 2018, Nikhil Harry was drafted by the Patriots. While the offense looks promising, the defensive side of the ball, Arizona State was tied for second with Alabama and Notre Dame, forcing over two turnovers a game. Finally, the NFL-style coaching format Edwards has brought into the linebacker room allows for newcomers to learn every aspect of the game. The defensive coordinator position was split into two, Antonio Pierce and Marvin Lewis. Plus, two freshman linebackers, Jordan Banks and Caleb McLeod, have joined the Sun Devils for the 2020 season and have time to grow. The future looks promising as the Sun Devils look to win the Pac-12 title since 2007. Beautiful. You know that. You recognize that name? You recognize that name, Bear? 
Mike McQuaid I, Jr. I plead I plead the fifth. thanks again. We 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 love we love we love Mike McQuaid Jr. Absolutely. Um thank you again for that one. Uh, Mike, and you know what? While we're at it, let's get our USC preview. USC Trojans. Hello, Nathan Ackerman from the Daily Trojan at USC here. And the Trojans will win the Pac-12 this year because they're simply the most talented team in the conference. We don't need to talk about Keenan Slovis or the wide receivers. The talent there is obvious. I'm also looking at an overhauled coaching staff that can put all the pieces together, finally, on both sides of the ball. Couple that with a Pac-12 where most of last season's contenders are losing key pieces, think Oregon, Utah, and you've got the formula for USC to get it done. USC's talent should be able to edge out those schools and Arizona State's, so if USC can find consistency, there's no reason they can't win the Pac-12. All right, Mr. Ackerman there uh, with the Daily Trojan. A lot of dailies out there in Pac-12 student newspaper world. Get used to them because you're going to hear every single one of them. Uh, is, you mentioned- is, is, is UNLV's newspaper called the Daily Wager? <laughs> if not, it should be. The Daily Rebel sounds good. Um, you mentioned that that line smells. Um, like, I don't even want to hear that explanation again, <laughs> what the cheesed was. Um, but what, el- what else do you have that lines that reek this week? Because I have... I, I- I, I have one for sure. I have two. I have two for sure. Okay. Maybe two and a, maybe two and a half. Okay. Uh, I, I think the San Diego State, San Jose State line stinks out loud. Ooh. Only nine, nine and a half. Basically, you give away. San Diego State's kind of the name brand. I think San Jose State's two and oh, but I don't think people really respect them. Uh-huh. I, I think they're I think they're a good team. Uh and now you have San Diego State only you're laying less than 10, basically nine and a half. Okay, win by 10 and you cover. Like, I don't know. I think that line stinks. And I think the Cincinnati Houston line stinks. Oh, Everyone's wow. sky high on Cincy right now. 13 and a half, win by 14 with that great defense and uh, against the Houston team that's really struggled defensively. And and, and you went like, you give it away, give it away a key number of 10, give it away a key number on 14. That's got my ears. Uh, and, and my and my antenna is up sky high, and then the the other one with like which I think is a little uh, a, a little uh, aroma is Texas minus six and a half off the off the big upset win in in Stillwater last week. Uh, you get West Virginia who had a big win over Kansas State, who who was a, a line that stunk last week, and that game was rocking chair. Now Texas, you win by seven against West Virginia. Now you're back. You, maybe, maybe you still have a chance of getting to the back to the, uh, the Big 12 championship game. Win by seven at home against West Virginia. <laughs> little interesting. Okay. I'll, I'll say it at that. Uh, I have a couple to me. Why, why is Michigan giving points? I love Michigan this week. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, why are they giving points? They, it, it couldn't be worse. The, the mindset of the team – Indiana couldn't be better. When's the last time they were two and zero and ranked this high for your uh, Indiana squad? Eighty-eight, right? Was it Is that the Anthony Thompson year? There might have been a year in the early nineties with with Mallory that they were. Uh, I think they, you're they right. Two and zero and right and ranked as well. Uh, but, but anyway, like that that line stand in Indiana's at home. I know there's no crowd, but that's got to count for something. And Michigan still being favored. That line reeks. And the other one is Iowa. I mean, Iowa has had two games where they have to feel like they should be two and zero. Five, and, and that's why people who were talking about like win totals in the in the in the Big Ten this year, 
And like Iowa's, I think was like four and a half or something like that, or five, or five. And everyone's like, oh, Iowa's a definite over. And there were just way too many 50-50 games mm-hmm. in there. And I think what you've seen from the first two games is two losses by five points in games that they very, you had a fourth quarter lead against Purdue and you blew a double digit lead against Northwestern. Yeah. Uh, like two losses by five points. And now they're giving seven to Michigan State, who just saved their season off yep. a win at in Ann Arbor. So mm-hmm. that line, be careful, because everybody's going to see Michigan State to me. And, oh, my God, Michigan State's getting seven. I'll take that. And just be careful. Yeah. Uh, like, because like, that, that's why it smells to me. That team should not be given seven points, but they are. You look back, Iowa looked very capable. You just talk about the leads they've blown, and then stuff happens. In, and they had, they, had a, they, had a, they had an off-the-field incident mm-hmm. uh, this weekend as well. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what way it goes with Iowa. I think everything that went on within that program, uh, draw your own conclusions with everything. I, I'm just curious to see if this is a galvanizing thing where they, they come together or are there fractures within that locker room. I, I don't know. But Iowa would not be a team that I would want to wager on or against uh, this week. But – I think to get to get back to the Michigan question, mm-hmm. I think you look at Indiana, and it's been a great story. And I love my Hoosiers, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're 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 back. We're we're dating again, and there's a chance that maybe <laughs> maybe maybe I, maybe I put a ring on someone's finger in the near future again because I've realized how much how empty my life is. Hey, if they win this week, you might have to go purchase that say, ring. I was going to say I might have to run out to to Healthburg Diamonds or. Or maybe, maybe, I don't know. You think they're worth Tiffany? You think they're worth a Tiffany diamond? You think they're worth a little blue box? Not for what they've put you through. No. Okay. All right. No. So I'll, I'll, maybe, maybe I'll go go to Hellsburg next week if the Hoosiers happen to win. But I think what what, what you see is a team that they couldn't even like two and a half yards carry on the ground against Rutgers. They had 347 yards, I think, for the game. Uh, they they gained three turnovers each of the, each of the two games. They were outgained by 270 yards or whatever it was against Penn State. Yeah, they won the game, but I don't think anybody really thinks Penix got in. Like there's just a lot there. And I take Michigan. Michigan is. You think Penix got in? You, you... Cross the line. Okay. All right. Sure. The ball that has was, to cross the line. That, that, that was that was his... not the pylon. The line. That was as affirmative of an answer as and, uh, point point taken, point proven. And this is a Michigan offense that's gained over 450 yards each of the last two weeks, and they have not turned the ball over. Like Michigan is still better. Okay. Like I, I'm, I, I like them this week, and, and okay. if Indiana if Indiana wins, that, that that'll be a that, that'll be a great scene in Bloomington. But uh, yeah, much like with Clemson in a little bit of a buy low spot, I, I think. I think there's a little bit of a an overreaction, and I think people. I think people this week, you know, we talk about all the time like people bet on what they want to see, mm-hmm. not what, what they. I think people want to see Indiana beat Michigan, so I, I think this might be a good a good week to be on, be on the Michigan Wolverines. I I I liked. I, I thought the same thing when I saw that line. What anything else that's kind of stinky? I'll tell you what. Oh, you know what we have for the people. And then in a big-time steamer condo picket, you can bet your condo won't. How good does it hear that, to, to uh, hear that, Bear? Uh, How good does that feel? Uh, it feels good, but I don't know if I like the, I don't know if I like the, the, the steamer. Is it because it's a Friday steamer? 
No, it's because it's a bad number at a game with a team that is opened up as a dog, and now they're a three-point favorite. And BYU minus three on the blue turf oh. is your steamer, and I don't. Know. And by, by the way, we also we also got the also by the way to fill out the remainder of the condo development. Uh, maybe we're going to go like a, a four-block uh, condo unit here, Tennessee. Mm. Vandy mm. and Marshall. Wow, that, that, that's to fill out the, uh, the the housing development as promised last week. But this BYU game is so interesting because there's so much talk now about BYU. If they win this game, they're going to go undefeated. Yep. They got North Alabama and they got San Diego State. They're going to win those two games. And with who knows what's going to happen in the other conferences? Like, where do they fit nationally? Like, can they make the playoff? Can they make the New Year's Sixers? They'd have to be a, an at-large. They're not. They're not Group of Five, so it would be in addition to Group of Five. Like, I, I'll tell you what, though. How many teams out there would you definitely one hundred percent pick to beat BYU? Clemson, Alabama. Ohio more State. than you think. More than a thing. Okay, I, so I, I, I go Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State for sure. Georgia, probably. Notre Dame, maybe Florida. Like, I don't think the I don't think the list is very very long. Really, a, a, of teams that BYU wouldn't have a chance against. Like, you you wouldn't go into a game saying, "Oh, BYU has no chance." I, I oh no no no, no 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 no! They have a chance. I, I'm saying if they if I'll tell you right now. If they played Penn State, I might pick Penn State. Okay, well, yeah. So, so, so like, I, there's I, a I, lot I, of mid-tier. Okay, so I don't, I don't. So I guess what we're, what we're, what I'm saying, what you're saying is, I think you have a little bit less, yes. of an opinion on BYU as I yes. do. Okay. Yes. That's yes. good. Um, you still, you still BYU over Cincinnati? Yes. Okay. Yeah. See that right there? We disagree. I think Cincinnati's better football team than BYU. You think BYU's better football team than Cincinnati? Um, so that I mean, yeah, okay. I asked you that last week. So yeah, that I we do have a different spinning right there. Um, okay. Here's I, here's I, one I, thing. I, I hate the spot for BYU this week. Okay, I absolutely hate it for them. Here and here's a couple things that I mean everybody knows by now. Wilson was committed to Boise, uh, decommitted when other schools got involved. I think Iowa was one of them, um, and then ends up at BYU two years ago. Oh, one thing I wanted to point out, I didn't realize BYU's never won there. I could have sworn they won there uh, one time, but they're 0 for 6, I think it is, in uh, uh, six career uh, trips to Boise, the 0-6. The last trip, Wilson was quarterback. It was after he took over the job in Provo, and they got stopped down by the goal line. Uh, And then last year, BYU beat Boise in Provo, but he didn't play. He had a broken thumb, uh, I believe, on his throwing hand. So – the, the situation for him for him here is enormous. There's going to be – he's going to want to go out and go crazy against Boise with all that's, you know, in the past with, with, with this with this team and what's at stake. That, that's what worries me is if he's going to try and do too much. It wasn't pretty. They didn't have to be against Western Kentucky last week. I watched a lot of that game, uh, and I'm not going off of that game alone. I know what Wilson's become. Uh, I know what, you know, people at the pro level are talking about what, what they've seen from him uh, throwing the football this year. I just worry he gets too amped up in this situation with all these eyeballs and what's at stake here. 
uh, that he doesn't play as well as as I I know he's capable of. So we are in agreement there. Uh, Bachmeyer, I I mean, he didn't play last week. We don't know what the status is. Uh, I I did read where um, what what what's the kid the transfer's name? Sands. Sears. Jack, Sears. 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 Uh, I did read. He said that last Tuesday he was notified that he was going to be uh, playing in that game. Um, who did they? Oh, Air Force. Uh, so if people are trying to dig yes, in on got the a, timeline. Yes, got a, got, got a big kickoff return in the game right after Air Force had cut it down to 10 or whatever it was. Yeah, that was uh, – Oops. That, that game oh, was well. featured on winners, um, as you can imagine. Uh, so I, I, I think I'm with you. I would lean Boise here. I'm still not sure how good Boise is as a whole. But like you said, the spot here, the opportunity, um, the struggles that BYU has had playing in Boise, and I just worry that their Wilson might be a little too amped up uh, with with what's at stake in, in in the past there. So that's a stay away from me. If I have to pick the game, I would take uh, the the home dog. You you know who else is rooting for the home dog? Yeah, uh, the, the the University of Utah Utes and and, and their students and the <laughs> hatred for BYU. Well, let's uh. Let's get, let's get a, a little feel from Salt Lake. Utah Utes. Hey guys, my name is Sammy Moore, and I'm the sports editor for the Daily Utah Chronicle here in Salt Lake, and these are my reasonings as to why Utah is going to win the Pac-12. First of all, Utah is bringing back probably their most talented offense in a while. Yes, you have to replace Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss, but whoever is taking the snaps for Utah, whether it be Cam Rising or... Um, Jake Bentley is going to get the job done. Plus, you have really good wide receivers and really good running backs. Fantastic. Even though Utah's defense is going to be replacing a lot of starters, it's just another year for Utah. Reload. Next man up mentality, and this is why Utah's going to win the Pac-12 this year. What a transition. You're. It's like you've done this before. What is going on? I've done this before, and odds are I'll, I'll do it again. I'm going to try and one-up you here because I think this game is going to be on winners this week with Mr. Van Pelt, and that's who the Utes are playing. Let's get, I think, my favorite preview from our guy down in Tucson. Arizona Wildcats. Brody Dryden here with Camp Student Radio at the University of Arizona. I'm here to tell you why the Wildcats are going to win the Pac-12 this year. It was 1926 when John Button's salmon coined the phrase bear down that has lived on as the university's mantra for the next century. And now legends like Kourtney Kardashian and Tucson Slim are still remembered alongside Button's salmon. But I say it's time for a new legend on campus, and that legend is Grant Gannell. The sophomore quarterback had over 1,200 yards of offense as a freshman, and that's when he shared snaps with once Heisman candidate Khalil Tate. There's a revamped defense led by Paul Rhodes, and I think Kevin Sumlin is going to put it all together to perfection. And despite the low expectations for Arizona, I say they bear down, get the job done, and win the Pac-12. All right, as in week past, Bear, uh, we are all over the place here on the pod. Um, We did a little Pac-12 preview. Uh, You were talking about SC with the – ability and, and, and the likelihood of, of, of taking a shot and, and taking them to win the conference. I may have uh, a ticket on a 20 to one dirty golden bears in Berkeley to win the conference. Uh, I, I, I would talk at nauseum. I think every time I'm going to start this week. All right. Jets. Who are the Jets? Oh, Jets aren't until Monday night. Darn it. Jet, every pro Jets team. That's, it's Monday night. If, if, if and get, you know, set your DVR. Um, <laughs> 
every something else team that seems in turmoil or is looking for a head coach, I'm just going to at them and coach Wilcox. <laughs> all right. That's what I'm going to start doing because we need to get this man out of Berkeley. I, I don't like it. I think the world of him as a coach and I couldn't think less of a team than the team that he coaches because of what they, uh, where they are and who their rival is. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows the Stanford Cal rivalry and hatred. It just pains me to see that man as good of a head coach as he is coaching them. We need, we need to get that him out of there. Um, We've talked about this in the past, but I will say, I, I do think they're worth a shot. At, I got them at 20 to one to win the conference. Um, we talked about uh, how bad the South is. It could be a one game thing. You know, they get Arizona state. Um, we talk about the North. They open with Washington. I do like Cal this week, Washington. I, somebody opened up when the first games were announced. That's it's funny. The, I remember seeing Oregon minus 11 this week against like, Stanford. Washington, Washington, opened Washington up like was minus six, six right? and I was like, there's no way that is right. Now it's Cal minus one and a half. Um, Washington's going through a lot of stuff. I know they got a new quarterback after dark, by the way. Oh yeah. This is going to be a late one already coming in here. We know Jimmy Lake's taking over at, at UW. Um, Cal's been a thorn in Washington's side. And that that's tough to say. I mean, uh, we know the Wilcox Peterson relationship going back to Boise. Um, so was it double? They won the last two. Yep. Last two years. One is a double digit dog. So I think remember they remember they uh Pete benched uh Paul Browning and then there was a pick six. Oh yeah, that was at Berkeley. Yep. Mm -hmm. That was like a third was that a Thursday or fr a Friday night game, I think. No, I think that one was a Saturday. I think, I think there was, was a there might have been late. And, and remember the other yeah, the other game was that like weather delayed game where that game yep. ended like at yep. three AM Eastern. Yep. That was last year, I believe. And yeah. then the, the Browning was 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 the uh the, yeah, but there's a lot of change going on with UW. I do think them alongside uh, Arizona State maybe just use this as a redshirt year as a, for the program. I'm not expecting a, a big thing out of out of Seattle with Washington. Uh, so I do like Cal. Cal had things rolling last secondary year. Secondary is pretty good though. Oh yeah, I mean he's probably the best secondary coach in the country. Uh, that that you know we're outside of you know where all the pros are and in, in, in SEC talk. Um, but I, yeah, Jimmy Lake's a phenomenal coach i'm really glad he got this job he deserves this opportunity uh for what he's done for that program up in seattle so i do like the bears uh with that let's get a preview from berserkly cal golden bears my name is shaylen singh and i'm a football beat reporter at the daily californian head coach justin wilcox spent his first three seasons at cal flipping the defense from a laughing stock into one of the pac-12's best Despite the loss of six starters, the Bears' defense should have the talent to remain near the top, led by star cornerback Cam Bynum and linebacker Coyne Dang. On offense, the Bears return all 11 starters from the Red Box Bowl in 2019 and will be fielding a revamped playbook under new offensive coordinator Bill Musgrave. If Cal is going to win the Pac-12, it will start and end with quarterback Chase Garbers, who led the team to a 7-0 record when playing the entire game last season, and his leadership could catapult the Bears to a conference title if everything goes right. Washington Huskies. My name is Anthony Edwards, and I am the football beat writer for the Daily University of Washington. Jimmy Lake takes over as head coach after spending eight years under Chris Peterson's wing at Boise State and at Washington. Since 2016, when Lake was promoted to co-defensive coordinator, the Huskies have finished top 11 in the nation at preventing passing touchdowns every year. 
Whether that success translates to offense in Lake's first season as head coach remains to be seen, but with names such as Elijah Molden, Trent McDuffie, and Keith Taylor leading the defensive backs room, it would be no surprise to see the Washington Huskies lifting the Pac-12 trophy for the third time in five seasons. All right, we still have uh, Bears Colorado uh, preview coming up. He's very interested in the, in the Buffaloes. What, what, um, what, what, is, what does Fowler have to say? We did not get Fowler. We, uh, we, <laughs> we, we, got, we got a student. We don't want a former student. Um, a very former student. Back when they were good. Who's not ranked that thinks they should be? Let me pull up my poll. I can't believe Northwestern's not ranked. I go Northwestern. Northwestern isn't ranked? No. It shows you how much I pay attention to the AP poll. Oh, great. Auburn's ranked again. That makes oh, sense. Oh, good. You know, I'm so mad at myself last week for not putting on. We we we, we skipped that one out a mile yep. away. Yep. I was pissed off at myself for not putting them. I, uh, that was should have been. Texas is ranked. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little surprised Liberty is ranked ahead of Northwestern. Yeah, that's. No, that I know Liberty six and zero, oh, but like. Yeah. Speaking of Liberty, I like that over in that game this week because Virginia Tech. You know what happens when they play. Enter Sandman Lane Stadium. Extra points uh, are abundant. The, the, by, by, by the way, here's a um, – I have a, an interesting little note here. Just it, it means nothing in terms of, like, handicapping the game, but it's kind of cool. The only time you've had a team that was 6-0 and or better that was a bigger underdog to a team with two losses than what Liberty is this week, 1996 Army was 9-0. and they were an 18 point, 18 and a half point dog at Paul Pasqualoni's six and two Syracuse Orangemen and lost 42 17. So it was like the second biggest spread for a six and zero team or better versus a team with, uh, with two, at least two losses. All right. Um, yeah, nobody cares, but I like looking this, looking this stuff up. That means it has nothing to do with this week. Did you almost swear right there? Yes, I did almost yeah, swear I there. Did. Um, all right. Well, uh, what time is that game? Oh, Nooner, ACC Network. Yep. So you take, take out Enter Sandman and the darkness of Lane Stadium. Malik Willis, Liberty, li- li- quarterback you, for Liberty. You, you, I like you, that kid. You, you freeze and the boys will be home for dinner. <laughs> Very <laughs> good. Uh, all right, so Nooner in Blacksburg uh, with Bear with an interesting – that nugget will make game day, right? I'm hopeful it will. Yes. Right. Okay. We'll try, we'll try to work that in there at some point. Um, all right. Let's get to our last Pac-12 preview. Let's do Travis. You're uh, on the ones and twos here. Let's do Bears. Much anticipated. Colorado Buffaloes, followed by who they play this week. The UCLA Bruins. Colorado Buffaloes. My name is Jack Harlow, and I am the sports editor at the CU Independent. Cool, calm, and collected is what the Buffs are getting with new head coach Carl Durrell. Terrell leads a young Colorado team that hasn't seen a bowl game since 2016. CU will rely on defensive end Mustafa Johnson and 2019 leading tackler Nate Landman at linebacker to anchor the defense, while senior Sam Neuer is set to start his first college game at quarterback. Fortunately for Neuer, CU has a talented group of skill players. Wide receiver Katie Nixon and running back Jared Broussard will be his best friends this year. For the Buffs to make any noise in the Pac-12, CU's inexperienced secondary must limit the big plays, and Neuer can't try and do too much. UCLA Bruins. My name is Sam Conan, and I am the UCLA football beat reporter at the Daily Bruin. 
the Bruins are entering year three of the Chip Kelly era, and they haven't enjoyed a winning season since 2015. While many people are already calling for his head, Kelly's big buyout and the department's $19 million deficit last year mean he's here to stay. Despite several NFL departures and transfers, roster consistency is still in UCLA's favor. Junior quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson is looking to cut down on turnovers and take a huge third-year leap, while former Navy defensive coordinator Brian Norwood has stepped in to overhaul a veteran secondary that allowed 311 passing yards per game in 2019. All right, Barry, if you had to, I don't want, we'll, we'll do picks here in a second, but if you had your favorite pick of the Pac-12 when you look at the spreads this week, what, what would it be? I'd lay the points with SC. You would? Okay. Yeah. Is that board, is that board material? Um, it might be. Uh, it, it, there isn't a ton out there that I really like okay. this week, so it, it definitely could be like, I, I almost, this UCLA line's a little stinky too. I, I know, I know there's seven and 17 in, in the two years under chip, but Colorado stinks, man. Like they're terrible. They're not going to be good. And they're only six and a half point dog with, with a new head coach and just very little talent at all. Like that's, a, ugh, that, that, that's like, that's. UCLA has got to have the most experience at the quarterback position, right? In that I'm just game, going through my, sure. I'm just going through my head. Probably. Like Jaden started last year. Slovis started last year. Davis Mills played. Garber Garber started last year, and then he got hurt. He got hurt, yeah. All right. Uh, interesting. Glad we uh, flushed that out. Um, very good. I'm going to uh, – I'm not sure by what way, is going – by, by, the, by the way, I want to correct you. I don't think you – I don't think – did you just say we've done all of our Pac-12 previews? Because we have who do we forget? Oh, Corvallis. Uh, Scorvallis and Pullman. The the daily two the, barometer. Two and two of the bit two of the best outposts in Pac-12 country. The daily oh, barometer, right. Corvallis. Let's get it. Followed by the Daily Evergreen. I cannot Wave believe that damn flag. Get it. Oregon State Beavers. Hi, my name is Thomas Salgado de Almeida Lemi, and I'm a sports writer for Oregon State's The Daily Barometer. The Jonathan Smith era is entering its third year in Corvallis, with the head coach engineering a 3-1 improvement from his first season last year, with only some close losses keeping the Beavers from reaching their first bowl game since 2013. Though most of the big offensive pieces from last year have left for the NFL, Smith still has great players to work with on the roster, such as former freshman All-American running back Jamar Jefferson and former four-star prospect Tristan Jebbia, a quarterback. The defense, meanwhile, returns 15 players who played significant snaps last year and is led by outside linebacker Hamilcar Rashid Jr., who led the nation with 22.5 tackles for loss last season. Oregon State is coming off a season where they exceeded expectations and almost reached the bowl. With more improvement under Coach Smith and some chaos going their way, it's possible for them to bring the Pac-12 trophy to Corvallis this season. Washington State Cougars. My name is Cody Sheeler, and I'm the football beat reporter for the Daily Evergreen at Washington State University. New head coach Nick Rolovich has a tough task in front of him taking over a WSU team that finished 6-7 and seven last season. If he is able to turn this team around in year one, it will be because of the best running back in the Pac-12, Max Borgie. The junior has proven himself as one of the most dynamic and versatile offensive weapons in the conference, scoring 28 touchdowns in two years. The offense figures to lean on Borgie both on the ground and through the air, helping take some pressure off true freshman starting quarterback Jaden Delora. If Borgie is able to carry the load on offense and the defense can hold its own, this Cougar team could surprise some people and play spoiler in the Pac-12. I can't believe I forgot those two. 
That that that's the most interesting game to me in the whole conference because I have no idea what to expect in Corvallis uh, between those two. I love Bazuz Hire Arolovich. I think that guy is perfect for for Pullman. Uh, I'm really excited for uh, for him and the opportunity he has. And I almost think it's it's better um, to to take over and you know obviously they're not going to have expectations, but. This could be a, a, you know, talking about a redshirt year for the program where they might uh, they might be able to uh, snap a streak that's uh, been bothering those people at Pullman. I'm not uh, saying. I'm, what, 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 what streak is that? I mean, the game I'm just streak, saying. The game I'm just streak saying. Ended. We were there a couple of years ago. Like, what, what, what other streak are you talking about? No, there's there's a one that they don't like to talk about, but um, we'll, we'll save that for when we get there because, I mean, with, with the rosters and what they are, it could be – um, a totally different scenario, but that would be a nice uh, bow on their season if they could uh, get rid of that streak. All right, um, game day picks. Where so you're going to be? Is anybody going to pick Notre Dame to win this game? Um, we might. I was going to say if there's one guy that might, it's going to be Desmond. Won't David? Won't Kirk will give the hedge. This is a good Notre Dame defense. Oh, yeah. Clemson struggled. They're going to need to get better defensive play. But how can you bet against Dabo Sweeney in a, t- in a spot like this? Yeah. Clemson wins a close game. You'll get that. Lee, Lee, All right. Lee, Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Lee, Lee did a couple of years ago, by the way. Yeah. And that didn't work out too well. So he, he might he might hold a little – he might hold a little grip. I'm going to say Clemson clean sweep. Okay. If Herbie says Clemson wins a close game, you have to follow it up by do they cover? See, but the problem is I can't like jump in there. Like, yes, you can. I, I, I well, I can. Or get in Reese's in. ear and have Reese question okay. him. I, I will. No more well, close you, you, games. You know, you know that's how he's going to go. He'll, he'll give I, the he'll give the Herb Street hedge. <laughs> play, play, play both sides. That <laughs> did a good, great effort. That keep it closed up, but in the end, that that Clemson wins. Um. All right. Uh, before we end this, uh, with some breeders cup, uh, do you have any, how about some board possibilities? What's possible you think will be on the board? Michigan, Michigan's Michigan's definite Michigan SC or definite board possibilities. Uh, Georgia board possibility. Um, San Jose state is board possibility. Um, I will not be picking against, uh, Shants this week. I, I, I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to do that. Not, not going to. Not going to take uh, South yeah, South Carolina, South Alabama, rather. Plus the uh, the 18. That's not going to happen. All right. Um, it's not a. It's not a great week for uh, for games. Clem, Clemson's a possibility. I think Clemson could be a possibility. Okay. Marquee games on the board. That's never yeah. yeah, yeah they, they, they like they like that. And, I don't know. I don't know why they like that. I, I like picking the, like, oh, I, I like if I if I could throw Mississippi State Vandy on the board. If I had a strong opinion on that game, I would. Well, how about, why, how about why are they giving that many points? I mean, I know a Vanderbilt, but that's a ton. <laughs> yeah, you you just, you just answered them, but but yeah, like what what about the Mississippi State offense? Like leads you to believe like they could block you and me right now up front. I, man, I don't know. That's that's a lot of point, and I get it. I know it's it's Vanderbilt, but man, whoo! 
Um, I, right. I, was, I, I was I was I was asked this weekend too, by the way, uh, not this weekend, but I was asked during the week, like what the thoughts were on Rutgers' potential path to the Big Ten championship game, and I just said, just win, win this week in Columbus. You're going to need some help with Indiana. Indiana is going to have to lose twice now, uh, but just win, 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 it, win and see what happens. So the, the, the dream is not dead yet. Uh, I have some totals I'm looking at. I'm not sure what's going to make the column again every week. The picks that are official are in the column. That's where our record goes by. Um, ESPN.com usually posts around noon on Thursdays for the millionth time. I'm just going to make sure I say it every week because no matter what, we still – you know what I found last week? Somebody asked you when the column comes out, and I recognize him. He asked me the same question last year. I went back and found the messages. <laughs> I went back and found the direct message. I'm like, you asked me the same thing three times last year. Stop, stop bothering the bear. And I, and I, and I, I pin the podcast. I tweet the column out. Yeah. I don't know. But, but you know what? It's good that people are looking for it. It means people want the information. People want it. Love the fans. All right. Uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma, Kansas over 63 and a half. Oklahoma might score that themselves. Yes. Penn state, Maryland over 63. I know Penn Penn state State, might score themselves. No, that's not true. (laughs) Uh, but Maryland's got some guys on offense. I'm telling you right now. Oh, I know they do that. Well, put it this way. If James can score 60, he's going to try and score 60. We know how he does not like to score Maryland. What did they score last year? 56, something like that? Yeah, that was – that's up there in the games that were over faster than any game I've ever watched. (laughs) Um, Notre Dame money line, we're not getting off of it. We're also going to take the five and a half. 59, 59 off last year. Oh, Big Mike Happy Recap is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at over $100,000. Download the DraftKings app and enter code STEVE at sign up. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I am looking at the over in Oklahoma, over in the Penn State, Maryland, Notre Dame money line. Oh, Cal minus one and a half and the over in the Vatek Liberty game, 67 and a half. Uh, those are all circled. One game I did want to ask you, on principle, don't you have to take the over in the Oklahoma State-Kansas State game? It's 46. you got to take that how, over. How much? How many, how many points is Kansas State going to score with a backup quarterback? 14 or 17. Okay. Right. So that that means you're expecting so yeah, thirty to seventeen. That's the yeah, map. yeah. I mean, it's the Big Twelve, right? I don't know that. I, I just had that circled. Um, what do you got for the Breeders' Cup? Tis the law. For, no total play against. <laughs> total play against in the class. He is a class out. All right, in the classic. And I, improbable is the the horse to beat. Okay, um, he's like I'm very hesitant on a, on betting Bob Backford horses the horses this week just because of everything that's been going on in his barn with positive tests on some of his horses. So mm. uh, they might not be fully ready to go if you catch my drift. But I think improbable is the one most likely to win. Uh, Tacitus should not be twenty to one in the classic. Uh, but he okay. was beaten at three to five in his last race. Uh, he should not be twenty to one. 
Uh, I don't know if he wins, but I think he'll run much better. And then Tom's Detail will be the the big trendy horse that will be be an under. He he won't be six to one morning line. He will not be six to one uh, Prowl's stall in, in the classic. But but I, I think I think it's a either improbable or Tom's Detail will will be the winner in uh in the classic. All right. Anything else you're looking at on the on the card? Uh, yeah, I, I think there, there, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, I, I think I, I can just run it down real quick. I think the, the juvenile starting on Friday, the juvenile Phillies turf. Uh, I think the, the after five is, is a still a mating, but had a couple of bad trips. You should get a nice setup and uh, the longer price of the Wesley Ward horses. I think it's going to be hard for, for Golden Powell to win uh, from the outside. I think the juvenile turf on Friday, I think, uh, Three horses have a very good chance to win. Seal away, public sector, and go Atletico were the three horses in order of preference uh, that I like there. Uh, the juvenile Philly turf, uh, editor at large, got a brutal post. I, I think she still can win, but uh, I like Alda in there. I think Tetragonal is, the, uh, is a long shot play, potentially. Uh, the juvenile, uh, I'm not sold on reinvestment risk, uh, and I'm not sure. Jackie's Warrior wants to go that far. Um, I, I think Rombauer is an interesting horse at, at, at a nice price. And I think Essential Quality is another horse that will run big, uh, who has a good, a good race over that track. Uh, so that's Friday. Uh, Saturday in the Philly Mare Sprint. Uh, I'm going to bet against all of the speed duel uh, with Gamin, Venetian Harbor, and Serengeti Empress. What? Uh, That's my Serengeti yeah, Empress I know. you're talking about. Well, I know. Well, I know. Well, she's not going to get away with an easy lead like she did in the Oaks uh, last last year, unfortunately for you. Uh, I, I think Speech is someone that really sits the trip. I okay. think Come Dancing is another horse at a nice price uh, that has a chance to win uh, as well. Uh, the Turf Sprint is my favorite race of the day. Uh, I, I think Imprimis... Uh, fits the flow of the race, but um, I, I think Wildman Jack is a horse that needs to be used as a, at a big number. Front Run the Fed is going to be a horse that takes some money as well, so you probably aren't going to get as good of a price as you would have fought on that horse. Uh, the, the Dirt Mile is my least favorite race of the day. Uh, Owendale's kind of a plotter. I'm not sold that complexity should be two to one. Uh, Sharp Samurai ran a really nice race on Dirt. Uh, against maximum security and mile and a quarter, he, he's going to be a nice price. Uh, Art collector was awful on the pre. Just I, I don't know if he bounces back here. And then uh, the, the laughable improvement by Nick's go uh, since he was moved to the Brad Cox barn. I mean, those, those figures just raise an eyebrow as to how does the heck does a horse improve that much? We know how much a horse improves that much. So, Philly uh, Mare Turf. Uh, I, I wonder if. Uh, Rushing fall can kind of sit off of a pace duel. Uh, I, I don't know if she can take the, she might take the worst of it and, and be, be softened up late. I think Civil Union is a real live horse in this race. Starts with Jubilee, uh, always runs a really good race. I think she factories as well. Uh, the Sprint is another uh, very interesting race. Uh, Collusion Illusion, I think, is a price play. Uh, Bacoma is going to be hard pressed from an outside post off of a seven month layoff. Uh, Yapon has a big step up in class. Uh, again, Mike Peter Miller, CZ Rocket, the horse hasn't, hasn't lost since being claimed. Uh, again, another horse whose figures have moved up dramatically. 
since the claim. Whitmore, I think, is live from off the pace with a great uh, off the pace ride. It says sprint. I think there are a lot of ways to go in the sprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the mile. I think the mile is a um, a race between one master and Kameko. Uh, the distaff looks pretty chalky with Bonamoy Girl, even though she's stuck on the outside. Uh, she won from outside an outside post last year, and she's 12 to 14 lifetimes, so it, it's hard to beat her. Uh, the turf, uh, I always like betting against the Aiden O'Brien runners in this race. They're always over bet. Uh, a very sharp friend of mine likes uh, Tarnawa in the race, the Philly. Uh, okay. I, I think she does fit in this race. I like Lord North. I think um, I think he, uh, that's the most likely winner. And I talked about the classic where I think a probable is the horse to beat. And Tom's to Tom will fit, but certainly won't get uh, six to one. What's improbable going to go off at? Three to one, maybe. Because you, you remember, you, yeah, you, you remember you got you have improbable okay. in there. You've got authentic in there. You've got maximum security in there. You've got Tom's. I think th- I think three to one is a very very likely price for for him here. Now I'll, I'll take three to one in him all day. All right. All right. I think that'll do it. Would you rather on your way out? I think this is an easy question, but I was actually thinking about giving out one of these teams. Would you rather take the 38 with Kansas or take the 38th with Sunge? Ooh. Sunge. Yeah. I think it's a no brand. I was actually thinking about giving out them. Shiano, big defensive game plan coming for you, Mr. Rockhold. Bear, take us away. The less you bet, the more you lose when you win. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network.